Hey, everyone. Welcome to Locked on Lakers for Wednesday. Andy Kamenetsky, Brian Kamenetsky. Lakers lose in Dallas, can't overcome early sloppiness. Why are they so bad on the road? That's next. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks to everybody for making Locked on Lakers first listen of every day, Monday through Friday, no matter how or where you get your podcasts. This one, Andy, is always free. It will never be behind a paywall. Locked on Lakers on YouTube is where you can go to hang out with 22,000 subscribers um, who are wondering why the Lakers still can't win on the road. They can win at home. They can win in neutral sites. They certainly can win in Las Vegas, but they have trouble winning on the road. They lose in Dallas, 127-127. 125 the final score lakers very sloppy early we'll talk about it no jared vanderbilt uh on tuesday night that certainly played a role in the game some questions about uh strategy and tactics with darvin ham uh so plenty to get into andy but first want to let people know that today's episode is brought to you by game time download the game time app create an account and use the code locked on nba for 20 dollars off your first purchase I will admit, Andy, in the third quarter when the Lakers made that big run, they win the third quarter 34-22. to 22. They take a lead into the fourth quarter. Um, I think it was as big as like five points or something like that in the fourth. I thought they were going to win. I was wrong. Uh, so did I, and I was equally wrong. And the thing that ultimately made us both wrong is the stuff that was – Biting them in the ass early in this game went on to bite them in the ass for the entirety of this game. Uh, too much Luka, which you would expect, but no Kyrie Irving, which theoretically should have created an opening for the Lakers. But the three-point line absolutely smoked them. And that was an area that, quite frankly, Luka was not doing any damage at all. He was only three of 10 from three-point yeah. land, but Grant Williams... Not the only place, by the way, he wasn't doing damage. But Yeah, Luca, uh, 33 points on 12-28 shooting, six of six at the line, 17 assists, probably a lot of them around the three-point line against just four turnovers, six rebounds. Luca was fantastic. Yeah, hard to believe on, on such an inef- you know, a relatively, for Luca inefficient shooting night. Um, for him to have that kind of impact on the game. But you mentioned, started to mention the three-point shooting. That's where they won it. I mean, the Lakers, Lakers shot 52% from three-point range. They're not going to lose many games where they shoot that well. But this uh, was one of them because the Mavericks made 21 threes to the Lakers 15. Um, and it was, I guess, some usual sp- suspects. Tim Hardaway Jr. playing extra minutes because Kyrie wasn't there. He made five of ten, which is you know, a little above average, but not a crazy number for a team. But he's Hardaway. a shooter. We right. know that he is a shooter. Grant Williams is a good three-point shooter, although he had been slumping bad from three. But, but the last three the last... years, he's been almost forty percent or right. better. He's like, a good three-point shooter overall. Uh, but five of seven, um, okay, that's that's pretty good. Look, hey, Torian Prince was five of six. So, you know, good shooters have these nights. But the one that really stuck out. Um, and it's a shame because it's a it's such a great story. You know, just don't need to see it tonight. Um, Dante Exum 
a 29% three-point shooter, was seven of nine from three-point range. He was better from three-point range than Anthony Davis was from the free-throw line. Yeah, um, and... You know, this this was a night from Exum that reminded me a lot of what happened to the Lakers in that god-awful loss in Philadelphia when guys like Patrick Beverly and uh, Matisse Thibel were bombing away from three. And the Lakers very clearly went into this game with a strategy of we're – and this is something we've seen from Darvin Ham. You know, this year is a philosophy that you've seen a lot, quite frankly, from Mike Budenholzer. Who Darvin yeah, Hamster? Yeah, yeah, but certain guys you allow them to take these shots. These are the shots you prefer them taking, and to some degree, you will live with it. That being said, though, I do think you can go too far with it, and if you allow guys who are NBA players to take non-contested threes and get a rhythm over the course of thirty-something minutes. They generally can find it, and I think it's one thing to allow Exum a few of these open shots, daring him to take it, see what see what happens. But in the second half, they were leaving him just as open, and I feel like there's a point where you need to just try to break their rhythm a little bit because clearly he's feeling it this night. Mm-hmm. And I mean, second half, there were a few times where LeBron was way way off Exum. Like I'm talking like a good seven feet off Exum. And, you know, again, these are, we've talked about this before that like we'll watch uh, pregame warmups where, you know, you give, you give JaVale McGee uncontested looks, he'll hit 20 from behind the arc in a row. Like they, they, I will say they do usually miss them in the game. Um, Sure. But the point being though, Exum is a much better shooter than JaVale McGee. Not like that much better. No, but it's all... Well, it's, it's, it's the, the, what I find... I think they needed to adjust some, and they did. That's fair. And, and look, some of the... I think some of the openness to the threes were not totally by design in the sense of, you know, a couple of them were based on, you know, there's a there's a clip going around on the, on the, the, the web, the, uh, uh, the social media of... All you really see is Luca's hand, like flicking the ball for basically under the basket where he's double teamed and seemingly trapped to an open Exum at the top of the key. And what I think is is such a, so interesting about these sort of tactical decisions, it's so Luca specific because you know the Lakers try look they tried a bunch of stuff they tried a bunch of defenders they tried there's a reason Luca averages over 30 points a game and puts up the number he's not a flawless defender and all this kind of other stuff but as an offensive player he's about as perfect as you can get he's um, a one man problem right. is if, what if, it is if your three point if the three point shooting ever gets any better it's it's basically lights out um but because he he has the ball in his hands. He is really, he's unnaturally capable of finding the right matchup that he wants because he can, he doesn't well, even need the switching and the, you know, he can go find it himself. And you know so, who he's like? LeBron. Yes. He is a lot like LeBron. 
and he may know, be the closest thing we have to LeBron in some way. with that with that particular skill set. He might right. be the closest thing in this league to LeBron. He's not the I think sort of just shockingly explosive athlete that LeBron oh, is. No. But but he's yes, I think the comp is is not a bad one. Just orchestrating offense and controlling it while you right. orchestrate. And so the Lakers did. You know, I think you have to make choices. Like you know, do we do we want to at some point if you the way the way he can control games, you have to try to get the ball out of his hands. Particularly given that they kept finding the matchups and mismatches that they wanted, and so they they would bring the doubles and they would try to get the, and force him to pass the ball. And the the problem is if you don't do that, if you choose like you know because Exum's hot or Grant Williams is hot or whoever is is playing really well, then you're left with Luca. You know, basically to to the, the there are times when hey, let's close out on that other shooter that we don't you know we we've not been giving enough respect to doesn't open up. Well, then I would say this. Lots of other things. It, it is a. It is a. It's a much more to me a much more interesting tr- strategic choice because the obvious downside um, to opening up things to make it easier for Luca because you're trying to, you know, close down on Grant Williams or Dante Exum. I totally get what you're saying. I don't even know if you're wrong. I just feel like in that's that is a, that is the Luca problem that the Lakers couldn't overcome late no. like exum just kept making shots to yeah, his credit abs- like i said great story just could have preferred that it happened on a different night no and look and we'll i'm sure we'll talk about this more there the effect of jared vanderbilt's absence in yeah. a matchup like this was dramatically felt the shots that they made late in the game weren't where the lakers lost it um no i, I agree. that happened at a different point so let's talk about that let's talk about vanderbilt next Locked on Lakers is brought to you by eBay Motors, and our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked on Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you with players guaranteed to fit your roster. So let's see who Josh has picked out for us on this week's eBay Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Pick. Oh, Brian, you say that eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy picks of the week. One of I'm not joking. One of Josh <laughs> Lloyd's picks, Dante Exum. Yes, says quote: "The Mavs are struck down with injuries, and while that is the case, Exum looks like a solid ad. That quite frankly feels like Josh Lloyd trolling. Like just so people know, Josh Lloyd's a good guy. He'd actually written these out before this game, <laughs> but I hope people happen to choose Dante Exum the night that he turned into prime Steph Curry." Josh Lloyd from Locked On Fantasy Basketball. He is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. And same with your vehicle. There's nothing worse than having your car break down in real time. True story. I once had to pull over because the car I was on my way to trade in, the engine caught on fire. And things like that were exactly why I felt like I needed to trade in this car. I didn't feel safe driving it. And you know what? Had eBay Motors been available then with the over 122 million parts that you can choose from 
Things like that don't happen. You can, they they could have ordered a new engine, and they would have been none the wiser, Andy. Absolutely. I, they even offer fire extinguishers to go along with. They do. The they really kids. do. Yeah, LED lights, roof rack bumpers, all sorts of stuff. So it is guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or, or your money or back. Put it, put it out. Yeah, with the <laughs> eBay guaranteed fit. And at those prices, you're burning rubber, not cash or car. So <laughs> keep your ride or die alive with ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So I, I think the, the the move that bothered me the most, and I did not catch the explanation of it, Lakers were down five. It, it didn't make a difference, but the Lakers were down five with like 27 seconds left in the game. They did foul, um, and that's fine. Um, but then Darvin called a timeout with three seconds left, and I suspect it was because they wanted to run a play. They wanted to get live, mm -hmm. like live action on a play yeah. last second. So it's like, you know what? It's not going to, don't think Darwin thought they were going to be able to get five points in three seconds. Um, but there is value to, you know, drawing up and running a play. I didn't I, let's 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 move on like that 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 bothered me like let's let's you know it's like when referees are calling fouls in like a 36 point game with like you know, 42 seconds left let's let's just move it along um so I objected that Darvin's coaching move there certainly bothered me do you happen to know what the line was on this one because I'm wondering how many gamblers won or lost money based on that completely meaningless LeBron three at the end of the game Oh, look, if it comes out one day that LeBron bet the over, um, it would make sense. And by the way, clutchest shot of LeBron's career. Seriously. Um, want to make it very clear. I he don't not think no, LeBron bet the over. Um, um, but this this game, Andy, was you know as frustrating as you know, when when you come back, and this is a story we've told before, when you come back and you take the lead, it is no longer like like the comeback part's done. Like you've mm -hmm. done that. Now you are the team that is winning. And you have a chance to beat a team on the road in, you know, if you can maintain a fourth quarter lead. And the Lakers, who have been a pretty, pretty good fourth quarter team, have been a bad road team. Is there a reason that you can look at that you see, you know, context of some of it? Second nights of back to backs on the road have been fairly common, but this is the one place where the Lakers have not kind of broken through is consistent play on the road. I don't know. I mean, the Lakers have been a much better team of late. And at times they look like an extremely good team, if nothing else, a team with a foundation defensively that can help them do some pretty impressive stuff, mm -hmm. but they have not been good enough to consistently overcome bad play. And sometimes I think your mistakes just, hurt you more on the road. Yeah, they're amplified for sure. Absolutely. Right. So I, I think to some degree, it may be just as simple as they are not good enough yet to do bad things on the road and still get away with it. Mm -hmm. um, that that might be the simplest of explanations. I mean, you know, sometimes you see role players don't play that well on the road, but, you know, Austin Reeves, I think was forcing some things on drives. You know, he got called for, I believe, two charges. And there were a few times where I thought he was driving to seek contact as opposed to looking for a shot. I mean, like, I don't mean towards the end. I mean, like, from the beginning. But mm -hmm. for the most part, Reeves had a good game, 22 
points off the bench, eight assists, five rebounds. And, you know, Torian Prince, we talked about, he hit five threes in this game. Like, if you're looking for upside, Torian Prince's uh, recent shooting resurgence seems to be real. But look, role players, D'Angelo Russell had a very. He was bad. This was, I thought this was the worst game Delos played all year. He did have seven, seven assists, two turnovers, but it was like. Eh. He was not good in this game. He wasn't and good. This was the first time, and look, to be fair, a lot of people uh, make this, a lot of people end up looking this way against Luka Doncic, but this was one of the first times since Cam Reddish's uh, discovering this lane for the Lakers as a designated wing point of attack defender where he really looked out over his skis. I mean, he struggled in this matchup with Luka Doncic. Yeah, pretty right. badly. And again, Luca does that to a lot of people. Everybody. I'm not saying Cam Reddish is going to and, 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 a- and you know, Luca's damage was not so much his own scoring and his own efficiency. Again, he was 12 of 28 from the floor, and this is a guy who you know is basically essentially a 50 percent shooter. No, so but he like- he kept picking up fouls against Reddish in the right, game. and that was the thing. It's like he he got himself. You know, to the line and seventeen assists. Like yeah. he was dominant in this game without putting up, you know, forty-seven points on you know sixty-six percent shooting. I mean, look, the Lakers. The Lakers. In Twenty-nine got, minutes from Rui. You want more than more. I think the math is bugging him. He 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 talked about that after the game. The you know the there was a play where Reeves threw him and yes. you passed that under. I mean, it, there was. It was a, a play that he had his hands NBA, on, right? He, like that, he just—I like, don't think he saw it. Like he couldn't right. see. He went up to say, I, "I don't think he lost sight of the ball." It was a perfectly fine pass. There wasn't anything wrong with it. I do think the mask is bugging him. The the Lakers just—you know—they got a hundred and twenty-five points, which is enough to win the game. That said, you know, it was pretty front-loaded to their stars. You know, AD was—we haven't really gotten into it, but you know, AD was—I thought, you know fantastic in this game you know uh at least off, certainly offensively 15 of 21 uh 37 points 11 rebounds 6 of 10 from the free throw line the lakers um 12 of 18 overall so they didn't get there enough and they didn't weren't efficient enough when they got there um but it's it's stuff like you know really ad the rest of the guys missed one free throw at the most only three guys but they didn't team. get there that's the thing like, lebron only took 3 he you know he missed one but he only took 3 reeves was only 4 of th- 5 and they were the only three Lakers yes. to yes. get to the line, and that yes. to me is you know is is part of it. Like Ru- Deanne, this is why when you know Russell has these games where okay, fine, he's got seven assists, that's not bad, but the scoring needs to be needs to be there because seven points, no free throws, reddish, who you don't expect to score, um, you know, only has four points. He doesn't get to the line. Rui is clearly affected by the mask and hasn't, you know, 29 minutes, seven points. You need more than that. Jackson He's not Hayes, played great since wearing that mask. You know, he is not. Uh, you know, he got six minutes of scoreless ball from Christie. Like, it wasn't Jackson distributed Hayes really well in this game, too. Yeah. I mean, it was just, you know, some of this stuff wasn't distributed the way that you would want. And, you know, LeBron was excellent. I thought, you know, 14 to 27, 33 points, eight rebounds, nine assists, three steals, a block. We'll get into whether or not he and AD ought to be playing tonight uh, against the Spurs. But I mean, 
what I thought separated this game, Andy, you know, we can talk about this for a minute or two before break, is just they had been so sharp um, in, in their last few games. And while I thought the energy was there, I thought the effort was there, I don't think they were complacent. I don't think they blew the game off. I don't think they, you know, oh, no Kyrie, we got this. Fat and happy from the IST, but they. I, well, I do think there's. I think they were a little tired, but I. But they. They were sloppy. Yes. Um, they were sloppier than they had been in a while in that first half, um, and they were sloppy in defense. That losing Vanderbilt certainly makes a difference there, but the precision with which they had played was just not there, particularly in the first half. No, I mean honestly, they got kind of lucky that in the first half. Dallas played better than them, but I don't think Dallas played a lot better than them. They were sloppy at times themselves. Like, and between that and Torian Prince hitting those threes, I, I tweeted out at one point like they are lucky to be merely down as opposed to down huge. Yeah, they, like, they were down I, ten at the at halftime. So I mean, right? And they were chasing points. But, but like, I think. A, a lot of that was Dallas's own sloppiness. They turned the yeah. ball over eight times in the first half. So I mean, the, but the Lakers, Lakers scored thirty-five points in the second quarter and lost the quarter. <laughs> that's yeah. not. That's just not okay. Um, let's let's uh, wrap up the uh, you know the conversation about sort of what else went wrong on Tuesday, but really interesting things to look forward to because the Lakers playing a three-win San Antonio team tonight and it poses a very interesting question about some of their banged up stars we'll talk about it next locked on lakers is brought to you by game time and years ago some friends of mine and i we went to go see ll cool j at the now defunct house of blues really last minute didn't know how to get tickets bought some from a scalper turned out they were fake uh through some random totally unrepeatable luck we managed to get into the show but i said afterwards never again because getting tickets to your favorite event should not be stressful and that's Blues why Blues was spelled B L U Z mm-hmm. you should have known know. better <laughs> yeah that's why I love game time it's a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports music comedy shows and theater near you and killer deals on last minute tickets and the best price guarantee you can stop getting stressed over the tickets start getting hyped for the fun the game time guarantee means you will always get the best price if you find Tickets in the same section or row for less. Game time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. So snag the tickets without the stress using Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code Locked On NBA for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem the code Locked On NBA for 20 bucks off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Um, so I mean, if you look it over, I, it, I guess this is, I, I should say the context is with their road losses is, you know, over the last say 10, 15, 20 games, you know, not going all the way back to the beginning of the season. Um, it, when you kind of break it down, it's, it's one of these places where maybe it's not so bad. Um, you know, you have the, 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 the thunder game. Second night of a back-to-back, missing a lot of players. Um, the Sixers game, that was, I believe, the second night of a back-to-back as well. Um, a debacle of a game, but still. I was going to say, I, that it, that was not just second end of a back-to-back. They were no, but it didn't help. lousy. Right, they played lousy. And again, missing some guys. 
Um, they did beat the you know Cleveland on the road is a really good win. It's actually one of the still one of their better wins of the season. You know, you beat a Portland team that kind of sucks. Um, they did beat the Suns in Phoenix. Uh, Phoenix down, I believe, one of their big three in that game. Um, but then they got hammered by the Rockets. They you know had that game they lost to the Heat. They lost to the Magic. Like. You know, but then you're getting back to the beginning of the season. Like I would just, I think the last step for them to to look like a team that really truly belongs and will remain in the top half of, of a very good conference is just showing that road consistency um, and beating some and getting some good signature road wins. That, that to me is about all that's left. Not worried they're going to get there, but you know, you know, it'd be nice to see it sooner rather than later. Uh, Tonight, Andy, is not one of those moments. Um, they're playing a three-win San Antonio team. Um, Anthony Davis. 17th losing streak. Yeah. They're like, really lucky the Pistons are in this league. <laughs> when do they play? When do those teams play know. each other? I would love for up. them to be each on like a 50-something game losing. Look this up, see when that happens. I mean, it, it, it could because these are really bad teams. Um I, I'm starting to wonder if they in Detroit if they feel like they're really getting their money's worth from Monty Williams. Um, his, but Anthony Davis aggravated that groin hip thing that he's got um, Saturday in the Indiana game. Like That was the one thing everybody was worried about. As fun as it is to win that tournament, you don't want guys hurting themselves in games that don't count for the standings. You don't want them hurting themselves at all. But you understand my point. Um, LeBron has, you know, taken on uh, more work and a higher load than I think anybody particularly wants. So, second night of a back-to-back, playing a terrible Spurs team, presents an interesting question. Like, if you're going to steal some rest for these guys, you know, let Anthony Davis heal a little bit and all that stuff. In theory, this would be a game, could be a game where you would do it. Um, what say you? Um, well, first of all, just to answer your question. Did I vamp long enough for you to find when, yeah. when San Antonio and Detroit play? They play uh, January 10th. Oh, that's not and, long enough. <laughs> and then, well, okay, here's the worst part. They Their last game of the season is Pistons-San Antonio. So I really, <sighs> I really wish – there had been like, you know, the Lakers have this back-to-back against San Antonio. I really wish it had been back-to-back Pistons, San Antonio, because then you really might have this opportunity. Their last two games of the season, they're both on like 54-game losing streaks. It'd be amazing. And they really could be because they're that bad. Yeah, so uh, January 10th, at minimum, something has to give (laughs) if it is not given already because the NBA doesn't do ties. Um, as far as the question that you asked, I I think it depends on the context. Like AD, that groin is clearly flaring up at times. So to me, if you're sitting AD tonight against flaring groin, I was told this is a family show. <laughs> <laughs> and that, you know. You can see a doctor for that. Every, every, every time, every we post this stuff on YouTube, I have to click the Safe for Children yeah. button. Yeah, I remember that. I remember the sex ed talk where they told us about flaming groins. But um, I think with eight flaring groins, 
<laughs> the is literally on fire. That's a different no, problem. Neither one entirely. is good. Neither one is good. <laughs> but one is worse. Yes, yes, it is. Um, with AD, I think there's more of like an actual reason to potentially sit him. Like yeah. the second end of a back-to-back, he has something that is nagging and clearly can act up. And you want to prevent it from getting worse because that is the type of injury that can become really bothersome over the course of a season. With LeBron, I feel like if he can play, he should play because that might give you the best chance of actually putting these guys away early where LeBron can play 26 minutes, the game is in hand, and then you guarantee the win and – you're not adding that much wear and tear on LeBron. Yeah, LeBron is going to be listed as questionable every game for the rest of the season because it provides the Lakers. You misspelled life. Right. But like that that provides the Lakers with the greatest amount of flexibility sure. so that if anything ever happens, you know, it feels a twinge or they're going to be like they don't want to go, they don't want to have to explain even though LeBron is really grandfathered in, you know, <laughs> metaphorically and almost literally it seems like, you know, from the the age uh, rules that they have on on sitting stars, you still don't want to have a guy go from he's fine to he's sitting. Um, so they'll just list him as questionable. Yeah. I I think you're probably right. I mean, if Anthony Davis is, is feeling anything tomorrow, you got to sit him down because, you know, his health is paramount. But if he can play, I know a lot of people look at these as like, oh, you should be able to win without X, Y, and Z. And that is true against a team like San Antonio. The supporting cast, you know, or certainly one of your two stars with the supporting cast should be enough to win against that team both tonight and on Friday when the Lakers play the Spurs again at, at the Crypt. But I, I look at these games as some of the most essential that they play. The games against the trash teams in the league, the worst teams in the league, are the ones that you really can't screw up. Mm-hmm. And so where some people might say, oh, no, look, you, you sit those guys down because the reserves can go out and win. I don't want to open the door to giving away a game. I would rather sit guys, the NBA wouldn't like this, but I'd rather sit guys You know, when they go to Minnesota on the 21st or Oklahoma City again on the 23rd, the last game before Christmas or something like that, because those are games that you could lose anyway. And you lose on the road to Minnesota, you lose on the road to Oklahoma City. I'm just naming teams and naming games. It's not ideal, but it's much better than losing to San Antonio anywhere. (laughs) So I I would do whatever you can to make sure you win the game. And then, like you say, try to be dialed in at the beginning so you get guys their rest by letting them sit for huge stretches of the game and preferably most of the fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean, look, in all honesty, if the Lakers played without LeBron, without AD, maybe without Jared Vanderbilt, depending on what's going on with these back spasms, who, if nothing else, can be very helpful on Devin Vassell, who is a very good player for San Antonio, combined with Wemby. Wemby. You, if you don't have LeBron and AD, that that is a game the Lakers could lose. I mean, let's let's be honest. Yeah, they that should is. win, but they could lose. Absolutely. Right. Well, I I'll put it this way: it no longer is a given 
that the Lakers win that game. If they play San Antonio, no LeBron, no AD, potentially no Vanderbilt, that's not a given that the Lakers win. If you want to say the Lakers still should win because of better overall depth, experience, you know, Greg Popovich playing Jeremy Sochin at point guard despite him begging to stop, you know, like all of that stuff, like fine. But it is not a given that the I would Lakers agree. win it. I just, I, I am incredible. We had a debate like this, you know, very similar, like which game, if you had to pick one, would you sit AD? You know, a little bit just, and we don't need to rehash it, but like I only say, I mentioned that because my inclination on how you do these sorts of things is very strong in that direction and the direction I described. And it is different than at least some people, um, some people look at it. Uh, I think it, I, I, I don't want to, I, I want to games. I want to keep those games like at a hundred percent as opposed to knocking it down to 80%. Like to I'm me, not screwing around. To me, it just depends the context of yeah. why somebody might or might not sit. Um, so yeah, Lockdown Lakers on YouTube. We'll see what happens. I mean, I suspect, I suspect LeBron will play. Um, and I actually think AD probably will too. If for no other reason, I think he wants to play against Wemby. Sure. Um, his friends call him Wemby. Um, I'm excited to watch him. He's really quite um, an amazing player. Um, between him and Chet, the league is flush with very tall, skinny, and very skilled players. Um, so it's in a good spot. Locked on Lakers on YouTube is where you can go hang out with 22,000 subscribers um, and uh, talk about ten, uh, the, the Dallas game, get ready for the San Antonio game. Um, we, of course, will be back after the San Antonio game to break it all down. Hopefully, the Lakers get themselves back on a winning track. Uh, we'll see everyone on Thursday.